0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Uh, personally, it's going pretty well, uh, until I think about the state of Atlanta sports, and then I get a little sad. Indeed. But uh, overall, you know, uh, Christmas break, got a full week off of uh, work, officially on vacation. Yeah. Which is nice. Just fried up some chicken with uh, loved ones in the room. Indeed, uh, in the Atlanta Atlanta Clow, the Adam Clow <laughs> Studio tonight. So going pretty good. Excellent. Yeah, I know the holiday has been really good. We've had some good times together. I know with our 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 friends and our family combined to have a, a nice a nice uh, Christmas gathering last night, which was just so much fun. If you had taken a Picture of my brain; it would just been radiating happiness. Oh. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. It really distracted it? me from the shit show that has been Atlanta sports, yes. w- more so the Atlanta Falcons in recent weeks than anyone. Um, I-, I enjoyed this morning. I found when I woke up, I found Graham sitting in my parents' living room with the Atlanta Journal Constitution <laughs> wide open, uh, just perusing it, and he had found the top fifty Atlanta sports moments of twenty seventeen. And they were all just depressing. Number one, I believe, was the Falcons losing the Super Falcons Bowl. Falcons lose the Super Bowl. And then, like, peppered in there is just the Braves getting dismantled by fines and penalties and Hawks losing in the playoffs. And what else happened this year? Um, yeah, John Kaplow being banned. The, first, the top two stories was, were the uh, Super Bowl loss and John Kaplow being banned from baseball. Yeah, Doesn't happen to every sports still. There was tons of stuff, too. where like, Hawks blow it up. Dwight Howard is traded. Um, Atlanta United loses in playoffs. Atlanta United wins first game. A lot of the positive things were Atlanta United. And it was just being the first because it was the first year of the franchise. Like those positives. Right, exactly. Things that will be on banners from years to come, not actually winning a championship or anything. Right, but just that they exist and they they did all right for their first year. That's a thing. Um, So we watched – so we got a pretty packed show today uh, given the – the fact that we haven't uh, been on air for a while—it's been a few weeks, actually. Um, we'll just skip over a couple games, right? Yeah, we missed the first Saints game, the Bucks game. So there's those are the two games we missed, I believe. So uh, we'll just jump right into this—the this Saints game. We're going to talk about the Falcons. We'll talk about that Braves trade that happened with Matt Kemp a little bit, and uh, then we'll round it out with uh, some shenanigans, I imagine. So, uh, yeah, let's start with that Saints game. Falcons lose. What was it? 23-13, I yep. believe. Uh, to the Saints on, uh, and that was due to the late touchdown. Really, that it even looked that close, right? With to Tevin Coleman, um, yeah, it was a horrible game. It was one of the worst games in recent memory that I've watched of any Atlanta sports team. Um, we were penalized like crazy. Some penalties were legitimate, some were not. There were also a lot of non calls that went the Saints' way, such as two egregious pass interferences on Lattimore, their cornerback, yeah. on Julio. That should have easily been pass interference. Like, I think you know Pete Morelli, who was the lead uh, official in that football game, needs to be excommunicated. He and his entire staff f- it felt like they were getting paid off by the Saints. At the same time, I know a lot of Saints fans would say the inverse about what happened to them on the Thursday night game a couple weeks ago, where they thought there was a lot of tiki tacky bullshit calls on them, which somewhat was uh, true. It wasn't that egregious though? Yeah, that, like, like th- the one where. They threw the flag for the pass interference and then called the ball uncatchable. Yeah, the one where he tackled Julio. Despite Lattimore almost catching the ball like five yards in front of where Julio fell. After he pushed Julio down. Yes. Which was total horseshit. Um, So yeah, I racked up 10 ponies for 91 yards uh, for the Falcons. And there was a moment in the game where we were at first and 40. And it was like, what is this, NFL Blitz from 1998, where you had first and 30, where it was, you know, was a silly arcade game. And of course, we did a running back draw. Yes, on that on that first yeah. and 40 play, and got like three yards. Um, I mean, we did mess up. Yeah, it was just a joke. Yeah. Um, we did have some false starts. Um, we also had two opportunities at like the two-yard line or closer that we failed to convert on. Yeah. Um, Which, honestly, had we converted on, had we scored touchdowns there like we should have, we would have won the football game. So it's like, despite... You know, what's funny is about, like... Just about, like, every Falcons loss outside that Patriots game where we're just, like, fucked from the get-go, it seemed like... It seems like every loss we've had could have easily gone the other way. Had just a couple of things broken in the opposite direction, but... That's the difference between a Super Bowl team and this team. Yeah, I have resigned myself to not expecting anything from this team. Even if they get into the playoffs, I have no expectations at this point. They've been saying, even after we won that Tampa Bay game, what was it, last week? I remember Devontae Freeman was being interviewed, and he was just like, yeah, we haven't played, we haven't really, you know, had a complete game as an offense or as a team. And I'm like, you're like 14, 15 weeks yeah, into the season. It's going into, I mean, they said the same crap after this one. It's like, oh, you know, we just got to clean up these penalties. Yeah. and." get some offensive flow going. Uh we're close. We're we still believe. Yeah, and it's like that's good to hear, but like if you haven't put put it together and it's already late December, it's almost 2018 at this point. You ain't going to put it together. Like this is who you are. And I think anyone who has any delusions of grandeur out there needs to uh check themselves. I think we're still going to win the Super Bowl though. That's fair. I don't know. <laughs> no problems. Um yeah, so if you if we compare and contrast here, we had ten penalties for ninety-one yards. The Saints only had three for thirty yards, including those two huge calls or nine calls against Lattimore that should have been PIs against Julio. And it seemed like every time we did get a drive going in that game, there was a uh, a penalty that should have been calling the Saints that was not. Um, Maybe not every time, but especially those two really stand out in my mind. Yeah, and the Saints really shut us down running the football. We, I mean, Devontae only had 11 rushes for 36 yards, and Tevin had six for 12. So, I mean, that, that sort of tells you all you need to know about that. I mean, the Saints have massively improved on the defensive side of the football this year. Um, I mean, it's it's really been a turnaround I don't think anyone foresaw before no. this season started. Yeah, they uh, drafted their asses off this past year, that's for sure, with – Lattimore, a couple other guys on defense, and then mm-hmm. that Kamara bastard. Yeah, you know, he certainly certainly can be a thorn in the side. But I will say this about the Falcons: you know, the um, the Fox broadcast especially was very one sided this last week. Charles Davis and whoever the hell that white guy was really pissed me off the whole game. They <laughs> they wanted the Saints to win that game the whole time. We even called them out on Twitter and said that you guys are clearly pulling for the Saints. We did not get a response back. Um, you don't think that one actually made it to him? I made it. I don't think anyone saw it got or it. cared. Yeah. Um, so, mean you look at Kamara, he only had 90 total scrimmage yards. I think he was held under 50 yards rushing, which is tremendous. Um, and, you know, one thing we were worried about, I know we talked about after that initial Saints game was, you know, before Kamara got concussed, there was a, a penalty on the Saints in that Thursday night football game where Kamara got a a pass to the flat and he went down the field for like 35 yards and they were like they're just going to do that to us yeah, all, day. all day but we really contained him pretty well in the in the screen game and overall which i was impressed by same with mark ingram ingram only had 66 total scrimmage yards yeah so, i mean it was once again us our offense is just not just not getting the job done the defense i feel bad for them this year yeah we, we held breeze under 300 even under 250 yards We yeah. had 239 yards passing um, their offense didn't really have to do so much because our offense kept either shooting ourselves in the foot or we're getting um, shafted. shafted, or yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, you know, in the receiving game, got pretty much shut down. Julio was the only guy that really showed up and seven catches for 149 yards. But, um, you know, the next closest guy in terms of receiving yards was Tevin Coleman for only 40. So um, go figure that. Somehow, Manti Teo now is. The greatest greatest middle linebacker in the NFL. I mean, he must have gotten over his fake girlfriend or something because, like, that guy is focused. He was all over the place. Yeah, because it's like, um, I mean, he was blowing up plays in the backfield. He had, I think, multiple tackles for loss and was just all over the field making plays. So Um, let's talk about that. Um, There was a play, I think it was late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, was a pass to Julio in the red zone, which is very exciting. That was actually completed. Yep. Julio got two feet down in the end zone. His body was facing towards the field and not the goal line. So he caught the ball over his head and reached it back of the goal line. It clearly broke the plane. And then he fell to the ground outside of the end zone. And it was not called a touchdown for some reason. It was reviewed. And then once again, was confirmed Stuck not to be a it. touchdown, yeah. which was total horse shit. And he, to me, he clearly had possession and he broke the plane. And I don't know what, the hell the NFL was smoking there. Well, No one no one knows what a catch is nowadays. Yeah, well was it was still a catch technically. This is more of a, what is a touchdown at this point. But it's like at what point does he have possession and Yeah, blasey blah, blah Yeah. I mean, clearly to the naked eye the man has the catch. He's in the end zone. He's breaking the plane with the fucking ball. What else does he have to do? Yeah, I mean, Roger Goodell had his uh greasy hands all over this game. There's no doubt about it with these Penalty calls and picking up flags. Yeah. and the bastard uh, is clearly a Saints yeah. fan. The Saints are America's team. We've known this for the last fifteen years. Whenever, whenever anyone talks about the Saints, it's oh how great the city, which New Orleans is a great city, yeah. and how great you know Drew Brees is and Sean Payton, even though he was paying people to go out and hurt other players, which is true. The bounty gate thing happened. Everyone so, likes to just sweep that under the rug. He said like some sort of political correspondent like bringing up Hillary's emails or something. I'm just saying, that's a thing. Everyone acts like they're America's golden team and they're full of shit. And you know what? I heard a rumor um, this week about Drew Brees <laughs> that uh, he's going to want a big raise. I think his contract's either coming up this year or next year, I can't remember. But that the Jaguars have a shit ton of cap space and someone is suggesting that they tried to. How old is he? Drew Brees is uh, 37 or 38 at this point. How much time do you think he has left? I think he's got at least three years, three good years left to play. Okay, Peacock is here, by the way. Yeah, you might remember him <laughs> users from that uh, interview and in, uh, that interview in middle of September that uh, no. was uh,
1: atrocious, easily <laughs>
0: one of our most uh, despicable episodes of all time. I was embarrassed. Yeah, it was a nightmare to edit that thing. It I took have- about. It took about four and a half hours, um, <clears throat> but yeah, they were saying you know <laughs> Jaguars trade for Breeze, which I hope to God happens, but I'm sure it won't. I'm sure they'll do anything they can to no, they're going to keep old Drew in New Orleans, yeah, for a couple more years, anyways. But what was your impression of the tu- the the Julio um, non touchdown? I don't think it was as cut and dry as you're making it out to be. All right, explain yourself. I don't think his second foot was down at the, the, at the point, that, at the point that he was putting the ball back behind him. Okay, so you think it might not have been a touchdown? Yes. I don't think it was 100% we got screwed. I think it was because I think I saw one foot down in the end zone. I saw the other foot come down the end zone. Then I saw him reach behind himself, break the plane, and then fall down ahead of the plane. But he had broken the plane at that point. So... Either there's a conspiracy or... They fucked up and just missed the call. Or no, they really thought Conspiracy he'd... or your eyeballs are a lot better than their eyeballs. Which is probably not true, considering who I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> What's your opinion of like having a microchip in the ball such that they can track how... like? where on the field it is exactly at all the time. It brings... Yeah, I don't know why they don't do that. I don't see why not. I mean, you've already made the game... You've already taken the human element out of the game to the point where... Well, well, let me finish. Taking the human element out of the game to the point where every scoring play and every intercept, every turnover is reviewed. So why not? Just take it a step further. Replace the referees with fucking machines at this point because they can't accurately call a game. We've seen this across the NFL the last few years where they are making a lot of shitty, play, uh, shitty calls that are affecting the outcome of football games. Yeah. I'm sure it'll go there eventually in the MLB as well. At one point, you, know, you just replace the umpire with right radar. But at the same time, I love the human element of officiating. Right. But when you get it so wrong, you're supposed to be at the highest level of your profession. To me, that was a wrong call. I mean, obviously it's subjective. And obviously I'm biased because I'm a Falcons homer. But it was like... I don't know, man. I felt like the whole this whole year has just been a struggle to the point where it's like our receivers. Whenever they do catch the ball, it seems like such a fucking effort to do so, and it's so hard. And anytime we do anything, it's like a monumental achievement because it just seems like we struggle so much for so many for a variety of reasons. That not getting that touchdown was just like a backbreaker. Yeah, and then Devonte's fumble as well. Devonte had two fumbles. Yeah, he, he also was- had two fumbles in the Tampa Bay game that weren't as costly, but easily could have been. And Someone on the radio, a, a, a caller called into uh, our good friends at Sports Radio 92 in the Game uh, this week and was like, are the concussions affecting Devonte at all in terms of him dropping the ball? Who the hell knows about that? Yeah, I don't know about that either. And I don't know if that's a thing, but it's like, and, and Devontae, if, if, if we really think about it, has he ever been a chronic fumbler? Mm, no. It was a deal for Tevin for a while. Yeah, Tevin his first year had a problem, but this is the most I've ever seen Freeman fumble. He's had four fumbles in two weeks. Yeah, and I mean, it, well, yeah. it might just be a mental thing at this point. Yeah, I don't know. That um, can get away from you quickly. But both of those fumbles cost us. I mean, you think of the Deion Jones interception opening up the second half. We get the ball at the two-yard line, and we can't score. Yeah. And Devontae that's, fumbles the ball. That's, that was terrible. And then after the Julio non-touchdown, Devontae fumbles the ball again. We had taken all the momentum back from them and then just gave it right back. Again. Yeah, I mean, it was like our offense is so unreliable at this point that we just can't keep trusting them going forward to deliver. And um, it's really sad considering where the offense was last year. And all the people blaming Stark, there is some – Sure, there's blame to go around, but you can also blame the receivers who have, I think, like 27 or 28 drop passes this year. But Julio has the second most drops in the NFL. In the NFL, yeah. So it's like... And I think Sanu's like fourth or fifth. Yeah, and we had another classic example of this happen again, where a pass is on the mark, but a receiver likes to just bat it up like he's playing fucking volleyball. Yeah, that, the that was net. the interception. Yeah, the Marvin Hall interception. Yeah. Where that happened, and Lattimore, the ball landed on Lattimore's ass, literally on his ass. On his back, and then it, you know, rotate around to his ass, and he literally grabbed it and trapped it against his ass for the interception. And Marvin Hall is just standing there, staring at it. Yeah, happens. he's just staring at it, as opposed to going for the ball. Um, it was such a freak play, though, that you, you think that, I mean, this has only happened to the Falcons. Yeah, there's never ever been there's been the butt fumble. There's never been the ass interception. You know, you know who we we need to get on or What's at that? least have a conversation with one time hmm. a Browns fan. I actually know a Browns fan. We could certainly have him on the show. Yeah, just just to get perspective. Yeah, because we bitched about these things. Yeah, but we, we still we had, got nine wins. The yeah. guy'd be like, "You got nine wins? We don't have nine, nine wins anything. in the past four years." <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a quarterback since We Haven't had a quarterback in their entire existence of so their yeah. the rejuvenated franchise. So we got that going for us. At least That's we're not true. the Browns. At least we're not the Browns. But that ass interception was just unbelievable. Uh, Go ahead, Gabe. Just move on over a little closer to the mic. does feel like a <laughs> huge difference between last year and this year, though. Is that all the this things not going the the way our way? Excuse me. Versus last year, they make sick catches. They don't on the ball. Like a lot of like little things that. You um, take for granted. Ultimately, execution. sort of shift. Yeah, like big yeah. plays. All that. Like you yeah. know. Yeah, and that, that goes back to like there's it's it's always, it's been a problem with the offense the whole year. It's like if Matt's accurate, we're dropping passes. If Matt's inaccurate, we're fucked. If the running game doesn't get going, we're screwed. If Sarkeesian's calling bad plays, we're... You know, it's just like all these different things just rear their ugly heads at the worst possible moments. And there's no reason to believe it's going to get cleaned up. Absolutely not. We've watched this for the last three months. So is is, uh, Dan Quinn's message getting lost? I don't think Dan Quinn's message... I really don't know what the problem is, honestly, on the offensive side of the football. Because everyone pointed to Sark, myself included initially... But now it's just kind of like there are problems up and down. Executing. Yeah, there's execution problems on the player's side, and there's still some play calling problems. But at the same time, there have been sometimes when Sark has dialed up some good plays that just haven't worked out, and you think if they do, you know, we have a couple more wins. Yeah, it's not 100% Sark. No, it's not. And I think we've got to ease up on him a little bit. Not to say totally take the pressure off him, but it's like – this has been one of the more frustrating years because it's like we have so much talent all across the roster, defensively, offensively. And the defense has done, you can nitpick them here and there on things like playing way too far off receivers. Recently, we haven't been getting as much pressure on the quarterback, but I was thoroughly impressed with their ability to limit Ingram and Kamara, who have unequivocally been the best tandem in football this year from the running back position. The defense has shown up, they have limited the opposition scoring. The offense has dropped the ball time and time again. Yeah, I mean, the defense makes plays when they need to. Definitely yeah. the bend but don't break. Yes. But the offense, they just can't step up. Yeah. And I think the last thing we'll talk about, at least on the defensive side of the ball, is, is Desmond Trufant, who was burned by Ted Ginn Jr., who is no 72 better. 72 years old. 72 te- years old. <laughs> I mean, I use, I remember using him in my Madden 2010 franchise in my fantasy draft. Um. <laughs> and he was just—he just totally burned Powerful. relevance, <laughs> relevance, and he—he uh, he just totally burned Trufant. Trufant's being paid like a damn, um, you Fair. know, a top top three or four, top five cornerback uh, in the league, and 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 True has not had the best season in the sense that he's been, you know, when he doesn't do well, it it, it comes at the worst possible time. Same thing in the Jets game with Robbie Anderson burning him for a deep touchdown. It's like. You know, the elite corners in the league, Richard Sherman, um, you know, guys like that, you don't see that happen to them. So I'm starting to believe that Trufant is not as elite as we thought he was. Yeah. Solid, though. What's your take on that? He's certainly solid, but... No, I mean, I, I saw the same things Graham saw, mainly because he was cussing in my ear <clears throat> on this past Sunday about the Saints. Um but, yeah, I mean, he uh, last year he was just completely shut down. You never even saw him. Mm-mm. And this year, it's just way too many times. It's like, oh, Trufonch just got burned again. So, I don't know if he's still um, – The injury or – Injury, not back to 100%, but it's disappointing. Yeah, certainly is. I mean, you can't cover Ted Ginn Jr. You got a problem. I know the guy's got speed, but if you're as good as you say you are, and, or as – well, as you're being paid, you shouldn't be burned. Well, by that him. that one, he wasn't burned by him. Oh, he's he, totally burned. No, no, no. That was the one where he the touchdown that put him up thirteen to nothing. No, he he thought he he had the zone and he cut back in to cover another dude, and then Gin ran past him. Oh, regardless, so that was just execution once again. Well, there you go. It wasn't like he physically just outburned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But even still, it's still an execution thing on the player. Um. So, to sort of forecast what we're looking at this weekend, um, we're still currently the sixth seed. We cannot win the division. The uh, Panthers and Saints have both clinched. The Rams have clinched. The Eagles have clinched. And the Vikings have clinched. There's only one more spot left up for, uh, for grabs, and it's between either us or Seattle, because the Lions lost to the Bengals, and I think they're eliminated now. I'm going to so. go ahead and go on record as saying I don't think we get in. Seahawks haven't missed the playoffs in like... Forever. Almost like 10 years, I believe. And they're playing at home versus us playing at home. Yeah, we have... uh, We're playing a better team. Much better team. They're playing the Cardinals. Uh, Can the Panthers still win the division? I don't... I think they can. But I know that... um... I think they have the same record as the Saints. I think if the Saints lose and they win, they win the division. So they're Don't still quote they're, me on that, but that's what I they're think. still playing for something. Yeah, and Ron Rivera has come out this week and said we're not resting anybody. We're we're playing to win this football game, so we can expect the, the the Panthers best. And I hope to God that the folks that are coming down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, aka the Great Anus, make a shit ton of noise because the Falcons need them. In this desperate hour. Fortunately, they flexed it to four twenty-five and not the eight o'clock, which would have sucked. Stadium would of have people. been half empty. Yeah, I mean, people had New Year's plans, so the NFL was at least considerate with that. Well, I think they learned. I think everybody learned the lesson from the college football playoff the last few years that no one must watch a football game on December thirty-first. Yeah, at night. Um, what happens if both we and the Seahawks win. We 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 yeah. take the uh we take the spot because we beat them in the regular season okay. and we'd have the same record. So we still we control our own destiny. We our destiny. <laughs> but this yeah. has happened before with right. us controlling our own yeah. own destiny against and, the and, and, and against the, the Panthers, Panthers and we've at up. home. Yeah, it also has happened in a good way and a bad way. I think actually all three of us were in the same place in Adam Kalau's basement, in his <laughs> parents' basement. I think two thousand three years ago. That was, a, that was longer than that. It was 2014. Well, you're thinking of the 2014. I'm thinking of the good time when Mike Vick. Oh. <laughs> was, yeah, this is a long time ago. <laughs> I'm it way back. Mike Vick was uh, running. and He did that Superman dive to the goal oh, line. Oh, yeah, it was great. Where his, his knee bruised along the ground. Yeah, where he didn't quite <laughs> touch down. Yeah, we were all watching that game. It was pretty awesome. I think that was the year we went to the NFC title game. Then you flash forward to, uh, what was it, The day after your wedding? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, Smitty's last hurrah. Where we were absolutely destroyed yeah, with by the Panthers, last year with a chance to go to the, uh, to we, the we would have won the division. We would have won the division. And the Panthers yeah. won instead. So, this has happened a lot where it's come down to the, the Falcons and Panthers deciding something for a playoff spot. So, um, the Panthers are hot. The Panthers are eleven and four, and um, I know they had a really tough game against Tampa Bay last week, but so did we. So did we. Tampa Bay played. The Lions, us, and the Panthers, really hard the last three weeks. They're, they're certainly giving their all yeah. for Dirk Cutter and our boy Smitty. But they are always coming up short. So, when I mean, we look at the Panthers, you know, we know they have a good defense um, and a good rushing game. Uh, they're fourth in the league in total rushing offense in terms of yards per game. We know they have weapons. And Cam Newton, who rushed for 86 yards last time against us, McCaffrey who's a good out of the backfield once again though that was a game we should have won yes and that performance by Jonathan Stewart was an anomaly yeah. he had three touchdowns against us he's playing like it was 2009 that ain't happening Fumbled again. a couple times and away. I am very confident in saying that if we can play the way we played against Ingram and Kamara you know if we play that way this week against the Panthers we can shut down the running game if we shut down the running game we have a Damn good chance to win the game. But there's the cam factor as well. There's the cam factor, and you don't have to worry about Drew Brees running the football. No. Cam Newton brings a whole other element to the game. Um, so they're not a great passing team overall in terms of the year. They're 27th in total passing offense. And so this team is really built for short passes and and moving the ball on the ground. Um, and they're sixth overall and total rushing yards, and they're 19th in total passing yards. So, I mean, got to do whatever we can to contain Cam and contain McCaffrey and contain Stewart. Um, And then in terms of, you know, total defense overall, they're number seven in the league. So we know we have a tough game, and, like, last time, it will probably be a low-scoring affair, where I think they won, what, 2017 or something like that? Yep, exactly. Yeah. I think uh, for you Bulldogs out there, Thomas Davis is out, though, Mm. for his sick – Hit that he had on the Packers receiver. Oh, really? A couple weeks ago? That's a, yeah. that's a big uh, yeah, miss for them. He suspended for a few games after that one. Yeah. So it really. And but Keekley's the, out there. so Keekley's a beast. And their cornerbacks have vastly improved since last season. Um, so we're going to come down. And we're favored by a field goal by Vegas, which means nothing. That's um, sort of like the uh, obligatory, like, hey, you're at home. Here's three points. Take it. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. What's your confidence level going into this game? Low. Mine's really low. <laughs> um, mine's like we either All right. So here, here to give you percentage wise, there's a fifteen percent chance we win, but it's gonna be like it's gonna be a blowout win. Like we win by like twenty five. I don't think that's happening. Or I would eighty these percentages. These are me. These are, these are me. <laughs> not I will Vegas. pay you $100 if we win by 25 points. And I don't have to pay you anything? You do to pay me anything. I'll shake hands. Deal. <laughs> 20 points, right? We have to win by 25 points. Okay, a 25. Or fair. more. Um, yeah, so either we're going to win by 25 or more, or we lose in heartbreaking fashion with an interception or fumble. In a crucial point in time. Yeah, that's just the thing. It's like with the Panthers' defense being so, or like good, a missed twenty-five yard field goal that would have won it, right? And Matt like Matt Bryant's Finally foot fails. falls off for yeah. some reason, like it's literally severed from his body, and it's like it can only happen because he's on the Falcons. Yep. Um, yeah, my my expectations are 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 low heading into this heading into this week. It's just like I know what this football team is at this point, and I can't expect them to suddenly turn around and be what we saw last year. Or be it anywhere close to a complete team, because we haven't seen it. The only game I watched this year where we felt like a complete team was the Packers game, and that was in week two. Flashback to goddamn September. Dallas was close. Yeah, but I'm considering the opponent as well, right? Dallas, you were down Zeke Elliott, and you are down Sean Lee. Right. Packers were at full strength. You got Jordan Nelson, you got Cobb, you got Rodgers, you got all their defensive players. Not that their defense is any good, but we... Thoroughly dominated that game. There's not been another performance like that the whole season. I do not expect another performance like that. I don't know if we're going to win or lose. I think it's going to be close, but I do not feel good about it at all. I'm trying to temper expectations, but I know I'm going to get emotionally involved. And I'm going to scream, and I'm going to curse, and I'm going to yell. And I'm going to support my team, but I do not have any confidence right now. Yeah, this has certainly been a rough year. Like, I don't think at any point in time on Sunday watching that game... Was I was like, oh, this is fun. No. I'm enjoying watching No, this. it was terrible. It was terrible. At there was one, nothing at one point, it. we just like had to leave and play darts for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we check in every other play Yeah. in the third quarter for about five minutes. But uh, it was just, man. And we talked about this as well on, on Sunday. It's like, how many years do you think the Falcons have taken off our life? Yeah. I mean, the stress of it all. I don't know how much my poor heart can take. Maybe it's building up a character in us, though. Might as well be smoking cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. Um, good point, Gabe. You know, that's really it for the thought. So do you want to give a final prediction in terms of the Panthers game? so it's on the record. 14-10 loss. I say we win 23-20. to 20. Well, The last second Matt Bryant field goal. I like the optimism, though. Okay, what do you got? Go on record. I think the Falcons take it 27-20. Very fair. <laughs> Veronica, Veronica. What do you got? 15-7. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a uh, Chris Berman score prediction four. right there. <laughs> Ooh, so we got a what a safety coming in? Yeah. A uh, Or just Beasley. a lot of field goals. Or a unless. lot of field goals. Yeah. Five field goals for the Falcons. Yeah. Um so that's it for the Falcons report this week. How old is Deion Jones? He's really young. This is his second year. He's, he's, like, a, he's a stud. Yeah, he's like... That's a bright, that's a bright spot. Oh, for sure. All right. He's like 24. Yeah, you can continue. Um, being so going into some Braves news. Um, this happened a couple weeks ago, so all you know about it. But uh, Braves traded Matt Kemp back to the Dodgers yep. for some uh, old pitchers. And Adrian Gonzalez, who was immediately DFA'd. Well, um uh, Well, give us the exact names that were traded, Graham. Yeah, so the Braves traded uh, Matt Kemp, who clearly didn't give a shit anymore and gained all his weight back by the end of the season, for Adrian Gonzalez. You might remember him from uh, them beating us in the 2013 Division Series. Charlie Culberson, utility man who only hit 154. Scott Casimir and Brandon McCarthy, who are two aging pitchers who have health problems. This is a big salary dump or getting rid of people that no one wanted on both sides it seemed like it's not as bad as Graham puts it well Well, you look at uh, McCarthy was decent last year until he got hurt only played 19 games 19 starts that's not terrible both McCarthy and Casimir have injury history and they haven't played a complete season and God knows when and this this is just a total bullshit salary dump trade and while I like that we get a little bit of pitching depth for our, you know, to get a couple of veteran pitchers to come in and fill some holes again, it just feels a little bit to me like a retread of the R.A. Dickey, Bartolo Colon bullshit. Feels like you are, It feels like John Coppolella all over again. You are way off on this one, You're sir. You're off base. Well, explain to me why I'm off base. Explain me why uh, uh, a starter with a 4.56 ERA and a starter with a, uh, almost a 4 ERA comes in here and it's like, whoo, hooray. Whatever. No one gives a shit about the players that are in this deal. So what's the point, then? <laughs> the point is we owed Matt Kemp a ton of money over the next two years. Oh, so are they, they going to pay for all of that, or how does that work, Adam? What do you mean? Are they paying for any of it? Because pretty much what I see is that Adrian Gonzalez and Matt Kemp were pretty much just paying their contracts. Like, Dodgers are going to pay him? We're going to pay Adrian Gonzalez for sitting on his ass and fucking... Palo Alto, California,
1: and going fishing.
0: Matt Kemp had two years left on his deal. All these fellows only have one year left on their deal. So we have a. We're taking on more money this year when we're not going to win. Oh, great. So next year, we can spend a ton of money in free agency. Yeah, I guess. And not have Kemp weighing us down for like $19 million. Okay, that's fair. But at the same time, like, I kind of view this move when I saw it as. That's sort of just like, this is more of the same. I'm just going to, more mediocre bullshit. And I'm sorry for being impatient at this point. But it's like. Or pessimistic. Or pessimistic. But I just can't take these aging veteran starting pitchers that are going to fucking fall apart in May. I can't deal with it anymore. McCarthy's probably going to be the only one in the rotation. And I like McCarthy when he's healthy. It's just he can't stay healthy. He makes Chris Medlin look like the fucking Iron Man. Culberson's going to be our utility guy, which we sucks. needed... Why wouldn't you just use Johan Camargo as your utility? Because yeah, he's going to be our starting third baseman. Okay, then base I'm fine with that. Dunce. Because I like Johan Camargo. <laughs> <Dance>. <laughs> and we needed a veteran guy... Oh, need a veteran guy to be the utility guy. You know, no, you no, no a guy with him. a great glove. Do you do you do you not think that? Do you think our defense was good last year? No, right? Our defense was one of our. Have you biggest seen Culberson play defense before? No, he's a stud. Oh, is he now? Yeah. Let's look at his defensive war. All right, so I can't find Charlie Culberson's defensive war, but I will say this: he has not made very many errors, and he can play all over the field. He can play, you know, second baseman, shortstop, outfield. Okay, fine. He fills a decent utility role. And I will Grant, say this. let me read this headline. L- let about me Charlie Thomson. L- let me let me stop. Let me stop real quick and just say one more thing that at its best this this trade clears up a spot for the guy we all want to see in Ronald Acuña. Which is a good play, thing, which is a good thing. So I'll give Anthopolis that. I mean, so you would have rather had Matt Kemp's salary or just we would have ended up cutting him and getting nothing. No, one of them I mean, either way, you're getting—you're really not getting anything. What but. do you mean you're not getting? We've been paying Matt Kemp's salary for the next two years, as opposed to okay, fine. Two years from now, we don't have any of this salary okay. on the books, and we can all right get a big name starter or a big name third baseman, or pay a thirty-year-old outfielder a, uh, eighty million dollars for five years and have him hit one forty-seven. Sounds good. No, I, I I I think I think your logic is sound here, but I will say this that. This clears up a spot for Acuna, and that's, that's what counts at this point. Whatever needed to be done to do that. So. Yeah, man, I th- I think Culberson, you're going to like him once you see him. Do you not remember him filling in in the NLCS when Corey Seager went out? Uh, I do not. Please refresh my memory. He had a, uh, let's see here, division, division-clinching division home run uh, in the final game of the, of the season. season. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Started three or five games against the Cubs at shortstop. Contributed all over the field, three for five with a triple in the clincher on Thursday night. Extra base hit in each of his three NLCS starts. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, he only had 15 plate appearances in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he was five for 11 with two doubles and a triple. Jeez, fair. So he's not scared of the uh, the spotlight. big stage. Yeah. No, I heard I heard an interview with him on a uh, six eighty of the Fan, and he seemed seemed pretty with it. Yeah. Um, he was inserted into the lineup because of his defense. Do snagged the last out of Game 5 as well. Yeah, so. he has some high uh, fielding percentage marks. So. Yeah, so Camargo's going to be okay. the starting third baseman. This guy fills in at short, second, third. Outfield. He can play outfield. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm overreacting. Him and Lane Adams can platoon and left if Lane they Adams. decide to not bring up Acuna for the first month of the season. I, I think it's just time to bring up Acuna, man. I think it is too. But The guy has just destroyed every... Every single level of competition he has faced, he has obliterated. He is considered the best prospect in all of baseball, unequivocally. Yeah. So it is time. But yeah, this gives him the shot. And so at the end of the day, that's what counts. Whatever it took to give this young man a shot, it's all that matters. I mean, Anthopoulos is cleaning up some messes on his own. Yeah, and so. I think I think it's I think he's taking, you know, in all seriousness, a wise approach in the sense that during the winter meetings, he has not tried to go for a big deal. Where he's trade a lot of pro- a lot of people wanted him to trade for Christian Yelich, the very talented. I don't Miami, want that. The very talented Miami Marlins outfielder, and I'm fine with him not doing that yet. And he said it himself, which I thought was a was a really nice admission in the saying that I don't know the personnel well enough to be making like blockbuster trades at this point. Yeah. Like doing that, you know, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but you know, doing that would. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not informed yet because I haven't had enough time to really evaluate everything, and that's totally fair. And you got to respect someone that can admit that. Yes, that shows that he has a good head on his shoulders, and not act like he knows everything and right. is the smartest person in the room. And has to respect the scouts that've been with the organization for the past thirty plus years that probably know a little bit about these. Single A and Double A pitchers. Yeah, so kudos to him for not reeking of desperation and you know making some ridiculous trade that's going to set us back for five seasons or something. So um, we'll see what happens with this trade. Hopefully McCarthy and Casimir can give us something, and um, and this gives Ronald Acuna his chance at the big league level. Um, well, I anything else you want to say to our users as we uh, this is our last episode for the. Uh, the year 2017. Uh, yeah, you guys better hope that the Falcons make a little bit of a run. Otherwise, you're set up for about four straight months of depressing, well, maybe a full straight year of depressing podcasts. Yeah. Which will complement the last year. Year <laughs> of depressing podcasts. Yeah. So. so if you like what you heard so far, you got more of it coming. Absolutely. More losing teams in our future. Yep. And I would like to wish everyone a uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa for those that celebrate that. What about Diwali? Sure. <laughs> uh, hope you're enjoying good times with uh, friends and family, loved ones, and uh, thank you again for making us part of uh, your lives. We appreciate that. And hospitamnisup, hospitamnisup.